Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 97.1 FM The Drive presents the Behind the Song Podcast. Taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. In this episode of Behind the Song, let's take a closer look at the lyrics of Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. What came to be a postmodern four-piece band started out as a trio. David Byrne, the frontman, Chris France on drums, and Tina Weymouth, who would become France's wife, on bass guitar. The three attended the Rhode Island School of Design, a prestigious art school, which gave them an air of culture and artsy smarts. Keyboardist Jerry Harrison joined the group, and a couple of years later, they played their first show at CBGB's nightclub in New York in 1976 as the opening act for the Ramones. But they were always a little bit different from the New York City punk rock scene that they rubbed elbows with in those days and from much of what else was heard in rock and roll everywhere. They were cleaner, with short haircuts, and their music was tighter, more precise. Their lyrics were interesting, but not overly poetic or flowery. They were articulate and intense, both a product of their late 70s avant-garde environment and completely their own thing. When it came time for them to record their fourth album, Remain in Light, in 1979, they partnered for the third time on a trio of albums with producer Brian Eno. Eno was a fan of Talking Heads' artistic sensibilities and paid them a sort of homage with his own 1977 single, King's Lead Hat. It was an anagram of the band's name. Eno had famously worked with the likes of David Bowie on his innovative triptych of albums recorded in Berlin earlier in the decade, and through Eno's guidance, the band had headed toward a very diverse direction. Dance beats added to the band's rock urgency, along with synth sounds and using spaces in music. Experimentation was the order of the day, and much of the sound that the band created on Remain in Light was heavily influenced by Afrobeat music, particularly from Nigerian artist Fela Kuti's Open and Close album. Kuti's album is a classic in the Afrobeat genre, and this is the music that Eno introduced to the Talking Heads at the start of their writing and recording sessions for Remain in Light. The band would jam together, and then Eno would isolate the parts of the jam session that really stood out. Much of the music that these jam sessions produced was very repetitive, and Once in a Lifetime in particular was, in keyboardist Jerry Harrison's opinion, very trance-like and hard to navigate into a song. Eno encouraged each member of the band to take the beats from the jam session and put their own spin on it, which resulted in the polyrhythmic, layered sound of how the beats fell on the ones and the threes or on the twos and the fours, similar to what you hear in the Afrobeat rhythms that served as the song's musical spark. While the rest of the band were working away at coming to terms with how to make all these cross rhythms come together in a song, Tina Weymouth and Chris France bearing much of the brunt of that task since they were the rhythm section, singer David Byrne reportedly disappeared for two months to come up with the lyrics. He had a really hard time with a severe case of writer's block, 
but he's stuck with it, studying Fela Kuti and other Nigerian music, as well as radio and TV evangelists and early rap like the Sugar Hill Gang to come up with the voicing for the song. The lyrics of Once in a Lifetime, and importantly, Burns' delivery of the lyrics, were inspired by evangelist preachers delivering fiery sermons, which David Byrne would record off of the radio and study. He filtered that radio evangelist fervor through his own artistic lens and delivered the lines to this existential modern song about what happens to a person when they stop what they're doing and really look around at where they are. It was 100% unique particularly for the time, when rock and roll was either long-haired blues following the path of Led Zeppelin or screaming, purposefully messy punk rock coming from the underground. Byrne felt that this music they were creating was important, that this song was important, and insisted to the band that he could come up with lyrics that would fit into the crossbeats at the song's core and have something to say that was worthy of the effort. What he came up with was a sort of trance meditation, half sung and half preached, in the style of a Pentecostal preacher, about the existential meaning of life. It's a song that in many ways says nothing at all, but observes or even serves as a meditation over a dancey, percussive beat. It's stream of consciousness, free association that doesn't follow one singular thought pattern. Burns somehow came up with a lyrical inventory-taking of a state of being, asking big questions that we could somehow all relate to, the mark of any great rock and roll song. Questions about getting older, wondering what was it all for anyway? The paper-thin reasons that we give ourselves for living our lives in a sort of hamster wheel. What happens when that wheel is stopped? He delivered his lines with an almost desperate, frantic intensity. He told NPR in an interview, We're largely unconscious. You know, we operate half awake or on autopilot and end up, whatever, with a house and a family and a job and everything else. We haven't really stopped to ask ourselves, how did I get here? Once in a lifetime starts like this. And you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. And you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Letting the days go by. Let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, after the money's gone. Once in a lifetime, water flowing underground. The water references in the song serve as a powerful reminder that the more we remain fixed and immovable, the more futile our effort in elemental terms. The water is the existential core of the song. The most abundant thing on earth is water. We ourselves are almost completely made of water. Water moves over a rock, it eventually will shape that rock. As an element, water is bigger than us, our small worries or our big ones, bigger than our house or our car or our spouse. By any comparison, we are small. As the song continues, the lyrics point to an awakening. The proverbial wheel has stopped spinning for a second, and these are the questions that then come. And you may ask yourself, how do I work this? You may ask yourself, where is that large automobile? You may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful house. You may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful wife. So here we have the element of surprise that happens when you suddenly snap into the present. 
And next, that call and response section comes back. That's less about freaking out about where you find that life has taken you, and more about a sort of awe at getting woke, getting hip to where you really are. And that call and response is a hallmark of Afrobeat music as well. Letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, after the money's gone. Once in a lifetime, water flowing underground. And then the line, same as it ever was, repeats. Almost like there isn't a fight here, just an acknowledgement. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Over and over, over that funky beat. A trance or a mantra. Then back to the water. A little more urgency in Burns' voice this time, his pseudo-preacher sermon delivering nothing so much as the concept of water, and the nonsensical order to remove the water at the bottom of the ocean, an impossible act. Water dissolving, water removing. There's water at the bottom of the ocean. Under the water, carry the water. Remove the water at the bottom of the ocean. Water dissolving and water removing. And then this sort of giving up of all that feudal direction, that feudal order, giving into the flow of life rather than trying to harness or control it. Letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, into silent water. Under the rocks and stones, there is water underground. Letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, after the money's gone. Once in a lifetime, water flowing underground. The next part of the song reminds me of a person having been baptized, coming up clean in a spiritual sense. I think that's near to what David Byrne had in mind with all this water imagery, matched with the sermon-like delivery. Although this isn't a religious song, it does caution against serving the false idols of material possessions and living in a fog. You may ask yourself, what is that beautiful house? You may ask yourself, where does that highway go to? You may ask yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? And you may say to yourself, my God, what have I done? And then back to the water. Letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, into the silent water. Under the rocks and stones, there is water underground. Letting the days go by, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by, water flowing underground. Into the blue again, after the money's gone. Once in a lifetime, water flowing underground. The once in a lifetime line could simply refer to a midlife crisis. A premonition of the excesses that were to come in the 80s, the me generation, where the car, the house, the right job, the outfit, the significant other, was everything, and status was king. A way of life that the millennial generation today denies out of hand, David Byrne was lampooning in 1980. But deeper still than that, I think the once-in-a-lifetime line is a throwback to the ultimate spiritual time, the womb, before birth, in the silent water before the world ever got to any of us. Burn sings, Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Look where my hand was. Time isn't holding up. Time isn't after us. He said, Look where my hand was. 
In the womb, it would be near the heart. Time isn't after us. In the womb, in our purest state, there is no time that we're aware of. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. Letting the days go by. Same as it ever was. And here the twister comes. Here comes the twister. Birth. Being reborn. Twisting out of the water and into life. Once as a baby and again once your senses were regained. Shocked out of dullness by one form of awakening or another. Letting the days go by, same as it ever was. Same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Letting the days go by, same as it ever was. Once in a lifetime, let the water hold me down. Letting the days go by. Once in a lifetime is ultimately a very complex song about releasing control to gain control of yourself and of the kind of life you want to live. It's punk rock, it's polyrhythmic, it's primal, it's psychedelic. You almost can't help but dance to it when you hear it. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame lists it as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. The video for this song aired on MTV the day the channel started, on August 1st, 1981. It's pretty unforgettable. David Byrne in an oversized suit against a white background, dancing around in his sort of fit a parody of a preacher with an entranced look on his face. At the start of the yuppie era, advising us to give in to the elemental water that is at the core of our beings. Wild stuff laid down in between some seriously funky beats. Talking Heads would splinter off as the 80s wore on, Byrne going solo and dabbling further in world music, Weymouth and France forming the band Tom Tom Club, and Harrison becoming a record producer. They would reunite for probably the final time in 2002 when they reformed to play at their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 2017, the Library of Congress named the Remain in Light album culturally, historically, or artistically significant, preserving it in the National Recording Registry. Once in a Lifetime was never a top 10 hit, but it made its mark on the musical landscape and continues to inspire new fans, artists, and musicians to this day. Water flowing under rock. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks to Christian Lane for sound design and engineering. On the way, episodes about songs from Eric Clapton, Aerosmith, and more classic rock and roll. <laughs>